Gracious God, we thank you for this night, Christmas Eve, when we gather to celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you for the music that has opened up our hearts and our souls to hear your voice and your voice above all others. And God, we thank you for your word and the story that we heard tonight about the Holy Family, read so well by our, our children. God, I pray that you guide us now, and as we turn to your word, I pray that the, medita- the, the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together are glorifying unto you, O Lord, our rock and our salvation. Amen. Maybe like me, you have a friend, and they ask you, they say, what movie is this from? And they'll say something like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. You know, that's an easy one. Star Wars, right? Or maybe they'll say, what character said this? Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Or maybe the one that just keeps swimming, just keeps swimming, right? You have a friend maybe that does that. They enjoy this. And there's a lot of fun one-liners from Christmas stories or movies that we enjoy during this time of year. Maybe your family likes to quiz each other on that. You know, it got me thinking about what God's favorite one-liner might be. Have you ever thought of that? What's God's favorite one-liner? I'm pretty sure I know what it is. I've been thinking a lot about it. If I asked you to guess, and I pressed you, what do you think you might say? Would it be, be holy as I am holy? Yeah, maybe God says that the most. That's his favorite one-liner. Or maybe we might think, follow my Ten Commandments, or clean up your act, or I'm God, look out. That's not God's favorite one-liner. God's favorite one-liner, in fact, is do not be afraid. Do not fear. In fact, throughout the entire Bible, it's the number one command given to God's people. Do not be afraid. I wondered about that this week. Why is that the most God's favorite one-liner? Well, I think this. I think once we learn to not fear as God calls us to, it helps us trust what he has planned for us. It helps us trust God. You see, when we're caught up in our fears, when we're caught up in our anxieties, we have a difficult time trusting God. We have a difficult time believing in his promises, and we have a difficult time trusting in one another. In fear, we can grow jealous. We can become greedy. We might think less of ourselves or even less of others. In fear, we may think uh, the fog of fear sets in and reducing our view of what God is doing and, and how God is acting in and among us. Give us a clear path, reminding us that God has not abandoned us. When fear is allowed to take center stage in our lives, it becomes very difficult to see the world the way God has intended for it to be. When we live in fear, or at least for me, it's difficult to to appreciate and value what God has has provided for me. In fear, I grow less grateful. In fear, I grow suspicious rather than welcoming. 
In fear, we would rather complain than encourage. In fear, we would rather be grumble than be thankful. The good news is that God knew this and knew that we needed to be reminded over and over again not to fear. Even in the middle of the story of Jesus' birth, he says, do not be afraid over and over again. Often God uses messengers to send that message, do not fear, to share his favorite one-liner. We heard it tonight. This one-liner in the Christmas story, do not be afraid, do not fear, is mentioned more than four times directly and three times indirectly in the story of Jesus' birth. It starts with Zechariah, that old pastor who's, who's leading worship. The angel says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. It weaves its way all the way to an open field where the shepherds are. And the angels say, do not be afraid. To the Magi, to Mary, to Joseph. And throughout the birth story of Jesus, we learn three important reasons or things that help us understand why God keeps sharing that do not be afraid, and why we can trust God's statement. The first is that we can trust God when he says do not fear because he meets us where we are. He meets us right where we are. It happened for the shepherds. Remember, they're out in the field, and the angel's instructions to the shepherds, do not fear, but go see for yourselves. It wasn't Hey, before you go see the King Jesus, I want you to clean up your act. I want you guys to go take a shower. You've been living outside. You smell like a smoke fire. Go clean up. You know what? You guys, when you get your lives in order and figure it all out, then you can go see the baby Jesus. No. God invites them just as they are into his presence to be welcomed, to be invited, to be witnesses of the birth of God's only Son. God invites us not only to see His Son, but to begin a new life, a new life filled with Christ through His grace and His mercy. God meets you where you are. Perhaps God comes to you through the voice of a friend. Or maybe you went on a walk and you've seen through God's nature and you've been reminded of God's love and grace in your life. He calls you just where you are. Maybe it's silently in a voice. God comes to you in dramatic fashion, delivers you from calamity, heals you, and reminds you that he has not abandoned you. Come as you are. That's how we know we can trust God when he says, do not fear. We also know we can trust God when he says, do not fear, because God comes to us in the least threatening way imaginable. The least threatening way imaginable. A baby, he doesn't show up with scare tactics. He doesn't come flying in with intimidation or bullying. He comes as an infant, vulnerable. He's going to need a, a mother and a father to take care of him and feed him, to raise him. He's going to need good teachers around him in the least vulnerable, very dependent. He comes to save us, and yet he is helpless when he comes. He came helplessly into the world, 
to save us. It's not a come in and and take over type of thing. He invites us into his life. Come follow me, Jesus says. And the third reason we can trust that when God says, do not fear, is that he comes to us as Jesus in in human form, like one of us. (laughs) From an ordinary background, born to a, a peasant family, born in a simple manger. There are farm animals there. It's noisy. There's shepherds. They've come to witness the birth of the king. This is not what the world may expect for a king to arrive into the world, the son of God. Perhaps we would find it easier if he came to to royalty and he was born into a palace and pageantry and spectacle and and maybe we would come to clear understand or believe that better. But no, he's come and, and born among us. You know, when Jesus started teaching and preaching, in his own town they had a difficulty believing that he was the one. They said, him, that guy? The carpenter's son? No. Nothing extraordinary. But he comes to meet us in the ordinary. Friends, each of us has something in our hearts, in our souls, that we fear. And we need to hear God's promise. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. It's going to be all right. Emmanuel. God with us. Mary needed to hear it. The shepherds, they believed it. The magi, they honored it, and Joseph acted on it. (laughs) And you and I on this night are called to follow it. The Holy Family, after the child is born, will face many, many uncertainties, lots of confusion. After the baby is born, they need to flee Bethlehem because of Herod's tyranny. And they have to go to Egypt, to a foreign land, and live there. They will have to find their way back and find their way back home to Nazareth and raise the child. What would their son's future hold? All this created anxiety and fear like any new parent and a newborn. <laughs> Likewise, we all face uncertainties, especially this time. We all wonder, we question. The world is changing so much. What will the world be like once everybody has an opportunity to get the vaccine? How will we regather? How will we lead our lives in this post-pandemic world that we all are anticipating? Will it be the same? We will have a choice. We can shudder in fear. Or, like those in the Christmas story tonight, we can hear God's voice and hear it clear. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I have not abandoned you. I will guide you. And I will provide for you through my Son, the Savior, and I will deliver you. God is with us. He's with us in our daily lives, whatever uncertainties we face or confusion or disillusionment, the doubts we might face. 
And from the story, we're reminded when God says, do not fear, we can trust that. We can trust it because God meets us right where we are at. We can trust it because he doesn't come with with threatening words or brandishing weapons, but rather he comes helplessly into the world to help us. God comes into the world as a human being that we might know God and that our relationship with God might be reconciled through his son, his one and only son. And God sent his son into the world um, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. So dear friends, on this night, as we gather together to celebrate the birth of our Savior, do not fear, for God is with you. God is with you even now, speaking to you even now through the power of the Holy Spirit to your soul. Do not fear, for I am with you. We were reminded at the beginning of the service and the lighting of the Advent wreath, that the center candle represents the Christ candle. It's the white candle. And as we have that lit this evening, we were gonna we are gonna sing Silent Night together. So maybe in your homes where you are, you can have a candle and maybe share that with your family. But we've come together on this silent night. To be reminded, do not fear, dear friends, for God is with us through the power of his Son, Jesus Christ. The light of the world has come. So 